church. Isn't that awesome? What a journey we have taken to get these chairs. <laughs> they came a little late, but they're here now. Praise God. <laughs> I'm so glad that they are here. I know I mentioned it last week that even though it is just a physical change, we have these chairs. I feel like seeing what we've been praying over for so long physically come I feel like in our spirit, we have taken a next step, knowing that we are in the promise that God has given us, that prophecy that was given to us of that number that we are going to grow to. These chairs are the start of it, church. Amen. Amen. Well, praise the Lord, church. I said that already, but I say praise the Lord every time I start something new. (laughs) Um, Today, I am just going to preach to you just for a little bit. Um... And I pray that you'll preach along with me. I'm not the most eloquent in my speech. You know, I'm used to talking in front of a bunch of kids. and It's way easier to do that to me. <laughs> um, so I'm going to just jump um, right into my, what I have planned to, to say. But I do want to give honor where honor is due this morning. And I want to thank our amazing pastor um, for allowing me to speak to you. He is definitely one of the brightest lights <laughs> in my life. I'm going to try not to cry. (laughs) Um, He has always been there for me, him and Sister Heil. They're the reason that I am who I am today and that I'm able to be up here and speaking to you. They've always supported me, always told me to chase after my dreams. Even when they knew that they were a little crazy, (laughs) they still told me to go and do it and to chase after it and run after it. So I'm thankful that we have the best pastor ever here at Truth Tabernacle. And I do want to give honor to my amazing husband for being in my life and always supporting me. He also helps me to go after the things that might be a little too crazy. (laughs) And he still tells me to go for it. So I am going to um, jump right into the word. If we would stand for the reading of the word, I'm going to start my reading in Exodus 24, uh, verses 15 through 18. I have a lot of scripture reading today, so I'll make you stand for the initial one, and then the rest of it. <laughs> so I'm starting at Exodus 24:15. Actually, you know what? Let's pray first. <laughs> Let's pray before we read. Go to the Word. Lord, I pray that you would have your hand over this service today. I pray that you would open every heart, open every mind, that you allow us to receive these words that we are going to hear today, to use them and apply them in our lives. I pray that you would touch me, God, that you allow me to walk into your anointing, to follow after your flow for this service today, God, that you would touch everyone in this place today, God. Lord, have your hand over us, that we can leave this place changed and renewed into something, God. God, have walking deeper in our relationships with you today, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I'm going to read Exodus 24, starting with verse 15. It says, Then Moses went up on the mountain, and the cloud covered the mountain. The glory of the Lord dwelt on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it six days. And on the seventh day he called to Moses out of the midst of the cloud. Now the appearance of the glory of the Lord was like a devouring fire on the top of the mountain. And in the sight of the people of Israel, Moses entered the cloud and went onto the mountain. And Moses was on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. I am reading an ESV version, so if what's on the screen is a little bit different, that's why. Then I'm going to jump down to Exodus 32, verses 1 through 6. And it said, When the people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mountain, 
He was up there for 40 days and 40 nights, so that's, that's a long time to be waiting on someone. They gathered themselves together to Aaron and said to him, Up, make us gods who shall go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. So Aaron said to them, Take off your rings of gold that are in the ears of your wives, your sons, and your daughters, and bring them to me. So all the people took off their rings of gold that were in their ears and brought them to Aaron. And he received the gold from their hand and fashioned it with a graving tool and made up a golden calf. And they said, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar before it, and Aaron made a proclamation and said, Tomorrow shall be a feast to the Lord. And they rose up early the next day and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings, and the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. I'm going to preach to you on a simple topic today. The blesser or the blessing. Who are you worshiping? You may be seated. So I'm going to talk to you a little bit today about blessings. And obviously we serve a God who endlessly pours out blessings upon us. We sing all of the songs about him, about pouring out healing, deliverance, power. Those are all blessings. And God has given me countless blessings in my own life. Too many to even count. But I will tell you a few today. Before I was even born, the doctors told my mother that she wouldn't be able to have any more kids. It was already a miracle that she had had Zachary. Uh, She struggled to get pregnant for, I think, what, seven, eight years before she was able to have Zachary. So Zachary alone, he's a blessing. Well, (laughs) I'm just kidding. He is a blessing. We're glad to have Zachary in our church. He's the one who made that amazing video. So let's give a hand clap for Zachary for that. That was awesome. But after she had Zachary, the doctors were like, okay, that's it. Your body can't take anymore. You can't house another child. It's not happening. Just stop even trying. It's basically what they said. And then my mother went to church, and she was prayed over, had a prayer service. And the next week, they found out that they were pregnant with me. So I am standing here before you because God blessed my parents. When I was born, I was born with a condition called alopecia. And if you don't know what alopecia is, it's basically a condition that causes hair loss. The actual definition says it's the partial or complete absence of hair from areas on the body where it normally grows, a.k.a. baldness. Alopecia means you can't grow hair on your head. You don't have it. Oftentimes, people who are diagnosed with alopecia, they don't have eyebrows. They don't have eyelashes. They're hairless. And being a toddler, I, I couldn't grow hair. And the little bit of hair that I did grow, it was short, it was thin, and it often fell out. So I was bald. I was a bald toddler. And my mom had to put big old headbands with big old bows and flowers on them for people to know that I was a girl. So I looked like a boy. I had no hair. But I was prayed over at church, at a church service, and I was healed of alopecia. And as you can see, because I have a full head of hair today, praise God. I'm very thankful and very blessed for my glory I went to Urshan College for two years, and I had to work so hard in order to pay for my schooling. I did most of it myself. I went and I worked, because college is expensive, and my parents helped where they could, but they couldn't afford, but he had two kids in college. (laughs) 
and they couldn't afford to pay for both of us to go to college. That's a lot of money. And so I went and I worked because I wanted to be there so bad because God told me to go. So I, I went and I, I didn't expect my parents to pay for me. I didn't have a scholarship. I had to do it all by myself. And I worked and I worked to try and pay off my school bill. But there were several times when I wasn't sure if I would be able to continue my schooling because I didn't have the money to pay the school bill. And if you didn't have your school bill paid off, you couldn't come back the next semester. You had to pay it off before you could come back. And I, there were many hours, many days, many nights where I would be crying because I didn't want to leave, but I didn't have the money. Crazy how money just causes all kinds of problems, doesn't it? But there were several times that I was not sure I would be able to walk onto that campus the next semester. But each semester, God made a way for me to either work enough to get enough money to pay it off, or money came from elsewhere, other places. I had one semester that I had a good chunk. I still owed. The semester was coming to an end, and we were getting, to go, getting ready to go on corral tour. And I was just stressing out. I'm like, I don't have my school bill paid off, and if I don't have my school bill paid off, I can't go on corral tour. And corral tour at Urshan, it's where the, the choir goes and tours all the different churches. And I lo- wanted to do that so bad. It would have been my first corral tour I'd ever been on, and I wanted to go. And I didn't have my school bill paid off. But bless God, praise God, somebody anonymously paid off part of my school bill for me, and I was able to pay off the whole thing, and I was able to go on corral tour. I was so thankful, and I felt so blessed that God made a way for me to stay in school. When David and I first got married, he did not have a full-time job, as many of you know. And we struggled financially for a bit. We struggled having, being a one-income household. It, it's difficult, and I give props to all of the single moms, single dads, or families that do only have a one-working income, and they are making it work. <laughs> it was difficult for us, but we kept praying that God would give him a job locally because he did his Lewis Creative Media. He had a, his own business that he was running, but it just wasn't, it just wasn't working here. And so we just kept praying, and we kept asking God to give him a job because we needed money. (laughs) We had bills to pay, and I wanted to get food, and I was tired of just, you know, I I wanted to get the food that I wanted without worrying if I could afford it. (laughs) I liked food. And so he applied to hundreds of positions, church. I'm, I'm not kidding when I say hundreds. He applied to hundreds of jobs, hundreds of positions, many of them not even in his um, skill very good. What he went to school for, he went to school to be a graphic designer. And he was applying to any job he could. He went to many interviews, so many in-person interviews, over-the-phone interviews, Skype interviews, whatever. He went for almost a year without getting a job. And I'm not saying this to make him sound bad. Like, I'm not putting him down. <laughs> don't, don't think I'm doing that. But we, we were questioning, why is he not getting a job? He's obviously very talented. He's very people-oriented. I'm very surprised that none of the jobs he went to interviews offered him on the spot because he's such a people person. He's so eloquent in the way he speaks. He's so knowledgeable. I'm like, why is he not getting a job? He's perfect for all of these. I might have been a little biased, but we, we finally realized, you know, we were wondering why God was making us wait so much, and we eventually realized that maybe it was God testing us. 
seeing if we could continue to be faithful even during the difficult time. Even though we couldn't go out to the grocery store and buy all the snacks that we wanted, we made sure to put our tithing first. We put our firsts every time. Every time I got paid, that was our first. We got to pay tithes on this. Even though we don't have food in the fridge, even though we have a ridiculously high ComEd bill to pay, <laughs> we're going to pay our tithes first every time. And in the end, God did bless David with a wonderful job that he can do what he loves here locally with the city, which I, I love. We are so thankful and so blessed. And I could go on and on and on about the many blessings God has given me in my life, the miracles he has performed, the healing that he has given, the mental healing, emotional healing, physical healing, everything. God has done it for me. And I know many of you can say the same. You can never say that God has, he can, or will run out of blessings. James 1, 17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Of his own, he will be brought forth, he will brought forth, oh my God, he will <laughs> brought us forth by the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. That verse says, every good gift, every perfect thing, all good things come from God, church. Every good thing that has happened in your life has been because God ordained it and let it happen. Those blessings, everything is from God. All good things come from God. He never runs out of blessings. 2 Corinthians 9, verses 8 through 10, says, And God is able to make all grace abound, in, abound to you, the NIV version says, God is able to bless you abundantly so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. As it is written, he has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. God supplies our seed, church. And when we do the work and sow that seed, he multiplies the seed. God blesses us and even increases our blessings, even when we don't deserve it. I am not, I do not deserve everything he has given me. But sometimes we find ourselves praising the blessing more than we do the one who gave us those blessings. We find in our opening text that the Israelites were just delivered out of Egypt, a place where they were persecuted, they were slaves, and God blessed them and led them out of Egypt, and they were heading to the promised land. Their, their promise, God said, I have this beautiful place for you to come where you don't have to be slaves, you don't have to labor anymore. But when Moses went up on the mountain, he was there for 40 days. And I'm going to read Exodus 32, 1 through 6 again. It says, When the people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mountain, the people gathered themselves to Aaron and said to him, Up, make us gods who shall go before us. As for this Moses, this man who brought us out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. So Aaron said to them, take off your rings of gold from your wives, your sons, your daughters, bring them to me. 
So all the people took off the rings of gold, and they brought them to Aaron. And he received the gold from their hand and fashioned it with a graving tool and made it into a golden calf. And they said, these are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. What? Every time I read that, I'm like, what? They make something, and they're like, this thing that we made, this is what brought you out of Egypt. I don't get it. Anyways. When Aaron saw this, he built the altar before, and Aaron made a proclamation and said, Tomorrow we shall feast to the Lord. They rose up early the next day, offered burnt offerings, and brought peace offerings to this idol. The people sat down to eat and drink, and they rose up to play. Israel made a god from their spoils from Egypt. Everything that they had, because God brought them out of Egypt, they took those things and they praised them. They didn't praise God for bringing them out of Egypt. They praised those spoils. That gold they fashioned into an idol, and they praised that. They praised the blessing that God had given them, and they did not praise God for giving them that blessing. They got so distracted by the blessings that they were receiving, they forgot to praise God for giving them their blessings. They instead, they complained, even though they were blessed. They were hungry, And God gave them manna. But they still complained, we ate so much better in Egypt. We should just go back there because I could have a pizza rather than this manna. They were thirsty, and so God gave them water. And they still complained. We could have all the drink we wanted in Egypt. We didn't have to get water from a rock. Let's just go back. They were tired of wandering. They wanted to go back to Egypt because they thought life was better there. They thought their slavery was better. They thought being tortured and being worked was better. They were tired of wandering around. But all of this would have been avoided if they would have just worshipped God and kept his commandments. If they would have kept their eyes on him and not the blessing that they were promised. They did not have faith in him. As evidence, when the spies went into the promised land to scope it out, most of them were afraid. Ten out of twelve said, "Uh uh-uh, I'm not going in there. There's too many big people in there. They're going to eat me up. They're too big. I can't do anything. We can't defend ourselves from them. They were scared. They were afraid. The people were big, and the Israelites were afraid to enter. They focused too much on how big the blessing was and how impossible it seemed to obtain it rather than focusing on the blesser for whom nothing is too great for. Jeremiah 32:27 says, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is anything too hard for me? Anything too hard for me? He questions. He's like, I made the earth. I made the heavens. I made the sky. I made the birds. I made you. What makes you think anything you're going through is too hard for me? What makes you think that promised land that I promised you is too big for you? Yeah, the people in there are bigger than you, but that doesn't, they don't have me on their side. You do. I am on your side. Don't focus on what's ahead of you, what you think you can't achieve, and focus on God. Genesis 9, 1 through 3 says, And God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. 
The fear of you and the dread of you shall be upon every beast of the earth, upon every bird of the heavens, upon everything that creeps on the ground and all the fish of the sea. Into your hand they are delivered. Every moving thing that lives shall be food for you. And as I give you the green plants, I give you everything. So Noah, most of us know the story of Noah and the ark, right? Built the ark, the flood, flood was over. It was just Noah and his family. And God blessed Noah for his faithfulness in building that ark and said, my blessing to you is that your family is going to multiply. You're going to fill the earth. I'm going to multiply you. I'm going to bless you. I give you everything. God gave them literally everything. (laughs) And in Genesis 11, verses 1 through 8, it says, Now the whole earth had one language and the same words. As the people migrated from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. And they said one to another, Come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and bitten for mortar. And they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens, and let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be dispersed over the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to the city and the tower which the children of man had built. And the Lord said, Behold, they are one people, they all have one language, and this is the only be- the beginning of what they will do, and nothing that they propose to will now be impossible for them. Come, let us go down, confuse their spe- their language so that it may not be understood one another's speech. So the Lord dispersed them from there over the face of the earth, and they left off building the city. So God blessed Noah. He said, here's your blessing. You're going to grow. You're going to multiply. And his family growed and multiplied so much, and God told them to disperse across the earth, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, which means go everywhere, fill it, fill the earth. And they multiplied, but they grew a little too much, a little too powerful, and they knew it. They knew that they were special. And if you look at verse 4 in Genesis 11, it says, Then they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heaven, and let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be dispersed over the fear of the whole earth. They wanted everyone to know how great they were. Their pride and arrogance had gotten out of hand. God specifically told Noah and his descendants to spread out and fill the earth. Fill the earth. That means to spread out. Beyond trying to be better than everyone else, the people of Babel were disobeying God's commandments. So besides them thinking that they were better, they which is not good, that alone was not good. But they were also disobeying God's command to go and fill the earth. God told them to disperse, and they built a city for the only purpose of not being scattered. They wanted to build a city for all of them to be together. They were not scattered over the face of the earth. They stopped worshiping God, and they worshiped their blessing. Their numbers, they're multiplied. That was God's blessing to Noah and his family. And they stopped praising God and started focusing on their numbers, how they were powerful. We can do this. We can build a tower to the heavens on our own. We don't need God. We can go up there and just sit with him. We're good enough. They praised their blessing, their numbers. They thought that they were powerful enough. And so God took their blessing away and he made them all speak in different languages. So they had to disperse. 
See what happens when you don't listen to God? The very first blessing that was given in the Bible, Adam and Eve, God made them. He blessed them. Genesis 2 and 15 says, The Lord God took man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and keep it. And the Lord commanded man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree in the garden, but the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in that day you eat of it, you surely die. God blessed Adam and Eve by putting them in a literal paradise where everything they could ever want would be supplied for them. Every food, they would never be thirsty. They had all the animals, and God told Adam to name them all. And I think that's so cool. I mean, obviously the names he gave them are probably not the names we call them today. But I just think that is so cool. Like, he went around, and he's like, yeah, that, that thing with four legs, and it's fuzzy, and it's panting a lot. Let's call that a puppy, because it's really cute. And that thing, uh, that thing over there in, in the water, and it's got the fin, and, and it, let's call it a dolphin, because it's got a, a fin. Cool. <laughs> like, I just think that's so cool that he got to do that. They were blessed. They were living in paradise. They didn't have to worry about tomorrow. They didn't have to worry where their food was going to come from. They didn't have to worry whether they were going to have a place to stay, a place to sleep. They literally had nothing to worry about. And they still went and disobeyed God. Genesis chapter 3, verse 4. But the serpent said to the woman, You will surely not die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of it of the fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. So they took their blessing of paradise And they threw it all away because they wanted to be like God. Which kind of sounds bad because we all want to be like God. But they wanted to be like God as being a God. Having wisdom over knowledge of good and evil. They didn't want to be below him. They wanted to be like him. They wanted to be like God rather than worshiping their God who gave them that garden. Instead of being thankful for the blessing that they were already given, they were already given paradise, perfection. They still wanted more. They wanted more. Sometimes in life, it gets far too easy to want to control our blessings, to pray that God would work out, work things out in the way that we think best. You know, God, I have bills to pay. It would be really nice if I could get a bonus from work right about now. Please give me a bonus at work, God, because I got these bills to pay and I need it to happen this way because I want it to happen this way because I don't see any other option. When we close off our minds to the miracles that God can do, because his mind, he can see things better than we can. Our best outcome that we can picture is nothing compared to what God's best outcome for your life is. We think that God should come through in one certain way, and then he doesn't, and we get so frustrated without realizing that God already has that problem in his hand, and he's going to come through on his time. Or sometimes we want more. We think what we were given is not enough. I only got a $5 raise at work this year. I wanted a $50 raise. 
you got a raise. Praise God, you're making more money than you did last year. <laughs> we can't let our minds tell us we deserve more or that we need more. Even worse, we focus too much on the blessing. And if we are not careful, we will worship that blessing and not the giver of the blessing. The Israelites made a God from the spoils of Egypt, and they forgot about the one who delivered them. We cannot let ourselves worship our blessings over our blesser. Has God blessed you financially? Well, then you better be tithing on it and praising God for it. Do not be making an idol out of that money. Do not go out and spend it all on all of the, the things that you want without having given God your firsts. Has God blessed you with a job? That's great. Praise God. But it does not come before God. Do not let your work become an idol. Do not put it above God, above your family, or even above coming to church. You ought to be here every Sunday. Don't let that job tell you, you got to work on a Sunday. Are you sorry? I got to go work. And if they do not accept that, well, that's on them. God will make a way, will honor you for your sacrifices. You ought to praise God for that job. You got to praise him here on Sunday mornings at 930 prayer because that's when it starts. <laughs> you need to be praising God at Wednesday night Bible study for your job. And if you are faithful to God, your job will just keep getting better. Better doors will open for you. But if you begin to worship your job, don't make God or coming to church a priority. Well, then you might just have to spend 40 years in the wilderness too. Has God ever healed your body? Well, then you better be praising him for your healing. You may say, but Sister Allison, I only had a headache. I just took some ibuprofen, and it helped me. God didn't do it. I, I took the medicine. The medicine is what healed me. Oh, don't you give me that medicine, all that credit. Because everything we have in this world is because of God. We have doctors, we have nurses, and praise God for them. I'm so thankful we have medical professionals in this world. But God ordained this world. He's the one that allowed that medicine to come and heal your body, to heal your headache. You took some medicine, and it made it, your headache go away. But God allowed it to work. Praise God that he allows our doctors and our nurses to treat us and to help us heal. And I'm not saying that you should only pray to God for healing. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying don't go to doctors because God... I'm only going to want God to heal me because that is not a good mindset. <laughs> please, please, please visit your doctors. Get your regular checkups. Take your medicine if you need it. But do not forget to praise God when those doctors are able to perform a successful surgery. Do not forget to praise God when that therapist helps you heal your emotional help. Don't forget to praise God when you had a migraine and you took some medicine and it helped it go away. We cannot allow ourselves to focus on our blessings more than we focus on God. On being faithful to God in good times and in the bad times. We cannot let the unknown of our future keep us from serving God in the way that he deserves. Maybe you are here today and you are in need of a blessing and you don't know how it's going to work out. The future is unknown and you Know that if God doesn't do something right now, you're not going to make it. Don't let that keep you 
from worshiping God. We always say, come to church expecting, expect great things. I'm here expecting miracles today. We come to church expecting. But if your blessing is not given to you today, keep expecting. Keep praising Praise him for it, even though it has not happened yet. Have faith that God will bless you. Praise him for everything he has given you. If you ever feel like you don't have anything to praise for, you can praise him for the breath that is in your lungs. You are blessed with another day to live and breathe and walk on this earth. We are blessed that we get to come to a church and worship our God unashamed. We are blessed, church, that our biggest concern right now is the price of gas. We are blessed that we all have homes to go to, that we have easy access to food. We have so many things to praise God for. Our blessings that he has given us. We have a lot of things to praise him for, church, so don't get focused on your blessing. Do not worship your blessing and not the one who has given you your blessings. Do not be like the Israelites and make an idol out of your blessings. If we can all stand. As we get ready to prepare for, to pray and have an altar time, I ask that if you are in need of a blessing today, that you come and you thank God for that blessing. I don't have it yet, God, but I'm praising you for it anyways. Praise him for everything he has given you in your life. We all have something to praise God for. Whether you're dealing with something right now and you don't know if what's going to come true. You don't know what is going to happen in your future. You don't know if God is going to come through in your situation. He will, church. He will supply in every need of your life. It may not be in the way you think he will, but he will. He's going to bless you. But we should still praise him for the blessings he has already given us. And we can never praise him too much. We can never give him too much praise. We can never thank him too much. We can never stop praising. So I ask that if you have been blessed or you are in need of a blessing, that you make your way to this altar to praise God for your blessing. We are not worthy of his blessings. We are not worthy of his unconditional love, his never-ending grace. But he gives it to us anyways. We don't deserve his blessings. So don't worship your blessing more than him. Let's praise him today. Praise him for everything he has given you, everything he is going to do in your life. His blessings will never stop. His love will never stop running out. He will never stop forgiving you. He will never stop guiding you. He will never stop leading you. So let's praise him in the way that he deserves today, church. Hallelujah, Jesus.